Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone in listening land, to Drive Through HR. It is October 1st, 2020, and uh, it's a momentous, uh, momentous show <laughs> today. Um, I'm Robin Schooling, along with uh, my co-host, Michael Vandervoort. Hey, Mike. Um, hi, hi, Robin. I'm shuffling at momentous. I'm not sure that podcast counts as momentous, but anyway, yeah, it's a, it's it's a it's a it's a kind of a milestone for sure. But momentous remains to be seen, I guess. But anyway, how are you? I uh, I am good. I am um, I'm a little tired. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I think I'm just kind of overloaded with um, with the you know HR things and and work things, mm-hmm. but uh, the state of the world and the the year 2020. So yeah, I'm just a little tired, but yeah, good to have a break today. I, I know it, we're supposed to have like some you know volumes or, or you know tons of special guests and everything, and we're both like, man, I'm just freaking tired. And it's definitely not due to the last month because we didn't work that hard. Even though we did, I don't know, 20 plus shows, it, we we relied on our friends and family and some people that we bribed off street corners to come and do podcast episodes. And we had some, I thought, some really good content in those snackable HR moments that we focused on for the last month or so. How yeah. did you think it went? I, uh, I think it went um, wonderfully. We, should, we had a few, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, technical hiccups as we tend to have mm-hmm. uh, here in the uh, in the sound room. But um, you know, I think it, uh, it it served the purpose, which was what we wanted to do. And if anybody happens to be listening and has no idea what we're talking about, it is um, because today is the 1500th episode of drive through HR. And so through the month of September, we did a countdown, if you will, um, of episodes to get us to number 1500. And, and mm-hmm. we wrapped up yesterday um, with our, our 1499th show with our guest, Lori Rudiman, um, kind of closed out one era and um, kind of, you know, celebrating Really, I think the the show and all those who have hosted over the years. It's not like you and I have held it down for you know fifteen hundred episodes. No. Um, but uh, I, you know, I just really loved the I loved the month. I loved having folks come in and just share with no conversation. Really, we wanted to give people an opportunity to share a thought on a topic. Mm-hmm. My dog's having a moment here. She can't. She got her up her nose or something. So <laughs> nothing like live radio. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Lord. And let's see. Hopefully, is this okay? I think it passed. We'll see. It, yeah. So I was just looking at the episode, uh, the episodes that we ran, and we had a ton of different folks on, and some have been longtime friends, both of the show and of just us in in general, and a few are new that or haven't been on the show before, and it was 
it's a really diverse group, I think, and um, mm-hmm. numerically, uh, just from a just from an analytics point of view, um, there's no there's no show with less than 225 listens, and, and there are some that have gone over a thousand, and I'm not going to throw, throw names, but um, you know, so the, the this when we do this kind of stuff, that tells me that people are listening. I don't know. The you know mm-hmm. I, I think there are probably some of those that are bots or whatever, but I, I don't know why a bot would want to listen to a podcast anyway. But you know it's uh, it was, I think it was a really cool opportunity for people to come on and tell a story or share share as you said share a nugget and um, they get it gets it gets some spread and it gets some attention. Not in a hey, look at me over here I have a podcast sort of way, but literally that people come and consume the consume the information that we seek to share within our profession. I think and I. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, we get a comment every now and then, but I, I know people, I know people listen to these things, and you know, I think the numbers are pretty real. Um, so yeah, it was it was a fun month. It, it took a little, took a little heat off of us. I guess we're now seven months ish into the, into doing mm-hmm. the podcast through through the year. Um, I know that uh, when COVID sort of first came out. We had, you know, we we run it hot and cold. We 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 do a bunch of shows. We do pretty good for three months, and then late intervenes, and you know, we fall off or lose interest for a couple of weeks. And um, but we've done, you know, pretty well through the. We we took a conscious halt, I think, during the the pandemic yeah. um, at the very beginning. I think we took like a month off, maybe two. I mean, we did a couple of shows, but then we did that quarantine episode, and kind of. Yeah. I think that got us focused back for a while, but I mean, it, it, you know, I know we, we each wrote a blog post today and we've probably talked about some of this before, but I really, you know, like looking back over the year, I really feel like, um, or it's not a year, but over this last first nine months of 2020 with, with all the shit, you know, I really think that the, the podcast for me anyway, has been a great way to stay connected beyond, you know, beyond the other platforms that I'm on, you know, social media and that kind of thing. But it's it's yeah. done in a way where it's not quite. I mean, at the beginning we were like, "Oh, are you okay? You know, tell us about uh, what it's going to be like when we rebound." I mean, we did all those shows, which are kind of you know, yep. as you since you don't know what's coming, you have to think about that stuff. But I found it to be really uh, kind of a, a little bit of energizing, and that that we did manage to get in a rhythm where we kept this thing going, and you know, did probably did better than average over the time to to deliver content. I think some of the content. Uh, you know the the, uh, the conference board and some others. You know shared some really great yep. information with us about dealing with COVID and that kind of stuff. So I feel like it's been a pretty good year for Blog Talk or for Thrive Through HR rather, um, and and us as far as just kind of you know doing what we try to do, which is have some fun, talk to some people, help somebody learn something. So that's I guess that's a long winded take on it. it we've done pretty <laughs> good so far, I think. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know we. Um... You know, we continue with the with the ethos of the whole um, origins story of drive through HR, which mm-hmm. um, you know when Brian Brian Wempen started drive through HR, and you know we've told the story many times, but uh, you know and it was often Brian just uh, he, you know talking to himself and reading the newspaper <laughs> on on the air for right, that day. Right, it literally was, and and, <laughs> and reacting to you know the the news headlines of the day, um, and then slowly slowly starting to get to get uh, guests booked, but then also callers calling in to kind of join in the conversation. And I think you know as much as things have changed, um, 
things have stayed the same and you know we purposely kind of kept it the same it's we're not slickly produced we're not um you know soundboarding things and whatnot we are um we are akin to sitting down um you know and having a having a chat over a beverage with folks in the hr space whether that be a, a fellow practitioner whether that be um, the founder of, of an HR tech company, whatever it is. Um, and I kind of, you know, I, I just like that vibe. Is is it, um, you know, urgent-driven, you know, radio, if you will, with this, you know, call-to-action content? Yeah, probably not. But it's, uh, you know, hopefully it's, again, opening people to different ideas and hearing different voices and being exposed to different conversations uh, on topics that that impact really anybody, if you're working in and around HR. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I, you know, and and I'm not, I'm this, I don't mean this as a knock on any podcast. It's not that we're better than or whatever. A lot, a lot of people do are doing these podcasts now. I mean, it, you know, back in 2010, this was very unusual. Same with HR Happy Hour yeah. and the others that we've given kudos before. Now, you know, you can't hardly throw a, a rock without getting somebody that's doing an HR podcast, let alone yeah. all the other yeah. podcasts that are out there, real life, true crime, poisoning women, you know, just all kinds of weird commercials all over the place all the time now. Um, yeah, and we, you know, so some folks do it for as, as a strategy to, to try to drive their business by showing their expertise, which is a great way to do it. Others do mm-hmm. it because it's a you know part of their job you know to inform people in the community, and, and you know but I think a lot of folks do it with an eye on trying to you know develop business relationships and or maybe even make a buck. And while I'm not against either one of those two concepts, that's really not something that we've ever really been about. I mean we've done some sponsorship or had some sponsorships you know from time mm-hmm. to time, but they're you know I, I think probably in the whole history of all drive through HR. Uh, all the people that did the podcast would be lucky if we cumulatively earned a thousand dollars a piece. Over right, a year. So, right. So, right. so this this gig uh, doesn't pay well, uh, you know. And we're and I, I think your point is we're not really all that interested in. Not that we would say no to a sponsorship, but but that's not really why we do this, right? It's it's much more of a I think a, a passion plan. I know that's a little hyperbolic, but I, I do it because I like it. I do it because I wanted to keep the thing going. And I think your motivations are, mm-hmm. are, are mm-hmm. for a lot of the same reasons, you know. Um, in my blog post today, I basically said I, you know, I've I've been on I've had writer's block for probably four years. I cannot sit <laughs> down. I mean, I did a blog post today. It's the second one of 2020, um, and it's the third one in about 15 months. I just really can't sit down and type. Post anymore. I don't know why, but I can't. Hmm. I used to get up in the morning. You used work, to every you know, day. Work at eight. <laughs> yeah, I used to get up yeah. right every day. I'd be up at six o'clock, and now I want to sleep till eight thirty. So maybe I've just gotten old. Maybe I've run, you know, run out of ideas to share on a blog. Maybe just, but any, but this still lets us chat and talk and learn things. That's mm-hmm. why I blogged. I didn't really blog to become a, a, a rich and famous mm-hmm. blogger, although if I had it, it would be good, I guess. But I blogged because I wanted to share and I wanted to meet people. So I think the podcast for me has become a substitute and, a, and, a, and frankly, a workaround to my writer's block. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I still write a lot, but it's all for work now, you know, and I guess I just don't right. feel like doing it for love after work. I'd rather do something else. So this is that yeah. for me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's ten minutes in of less than witty banter, but like so, some of the reasons why we do this show, um, you had suggested in the in the one minute and thirty seconds that we had to, to do a show rundown today, 
that maybe we could talk about some of the events of the week. And I'm, I'm when you said it, I was kind of like, oh my God, don't even get me started. But I'll, I'll try to, <laughs> I'll yeah, to talk yeah. about some of the stuff if you, if you want. But I'm going to try to maintain some sense of decorum, even though I was just appalled over a couple of things that saw happen this week. Yeah. So you want to where you where you want to start? <laughs> well, um, so one story, and and I'm not sure if you even saw this story. I read this yesterday. Um, you know, this is an HR show, so it's a so it's a work related story. Um, but there was a uh, a news story came out of out of the UK um, about a um, a business owner um, who runs a um, a business uh, related to uh, uh, beauty products uh, products of some sort. I think it was, and so his staff is now. Um, you know, because of the pandemic, you know, all fully, you know, working from home type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so he he stated in this news article, um, and it was he was very proud of this and very proud that they were doing this. But he has um, got the the, uh, the tact now of monitoring all of his employees on camera all day long. He requires them to. Uh, you know, when they're sitting down at their desk and they're interacting with customers, I think they're you know, kind of doing customer service work, you know, keyboarding type of things and taking calls and whatever. Um, but they need to be on camera at all times. And so it's a combo of I want you on camera so I can look at you to tell if you're working. And if your hands are off the keyboard, basically you're going to get a why are your hands off the keyboard type of hmm. message. Um now it's not the. Now this was in the in a. I think I read it in the Guardian. I think was where it was. Um, Probably. Yep. I've heard these stories before. You know, especially mm-hmm. here in the pandemic. Um, is with this switch to more and more people out of necessity working from home, is that monitoring, um, and especially if people stay at home, right? Um, is mm-hmm. that monitoring going to become? more and more and more and what will make people blow up and and say i'm just not going to put put up with that or will that become normal let's put a camera on your you have to be on yeah. your all day long so that brings at least two things to mind three maybe one is obviously this guy must not have immense trust or any trust at all in his employees that they would yeah. actually do their jobs from home so that that's probably one of the first you know, blocks or roadblocks on, on this idea of virtual work for him. If he can't not, and if he can't not watch them every second of the day, you know, why are they working for him? Right. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, certainly everybody screws off a little bit. The the other, so that's one thing, you know, if the owner or a manager or company or whatever doesn't believe they can trust their associates uh, to work at home, then, you know, there's some basic problems with the, the premise to begin with. I'm not saying everybody's capable of it, or that, you know, some don't deserve monitoring, but it's just not, it's tough, you know, and you can't like, it's like a call center job, right? Where you have to yeah. answer every call within 30 seconds and get, I mean, it, you know, you're going to burn those those people out in a lot of ways. And I don't mean they should be able to go sit around for an hour somewhere just because they're not at home. The other thing is, um, is that it's, um, you know, when you're in your office, you're being monitored. I mean, maybe not mm-hmm. you in your home. But if you work mm-hmm. at the average corporation and you're on your computer, I mean, they're not, they don't have a camera on you watching you every second. 
put your keystrokes and your emails and your, you know, what you've logged into and what you haven't logged into mm-hmm. and who you called and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. is logged somewhere inside companies big and small. So it's the other, I guess the flip side of the, the question is, you know, it, it's doing it already. And is it wrong for people to want to try to do some version of it at home? And I don't think that's the case. It just sounds like the particular article that you described goes way overboard, mm-hmm. you know, micromanaging to, to me. Yep. Uh, that's a, so it's a couple things that it brought to mind immediately. Yeah. Well, and, and sort of on a related uh, scenario that um, that someone told me the other week uh, happened to them. They work um, for a large, global, well-known brand whose name shall not be mentioned. Um, and mm-hmm. this particular person has always been uh, work from home. In fact, the entire... Mm-hmm team is work from home hundreds hundreds of people so so the shift to the pandemic did not really impact what their world had been like you know and and for the last five mm-hmm. years that 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 they've been working there um and the lockdown though was okay now it's really you know you're, you're kind of going a little stir crazy and you know even though you know always worked from home it's like oh my god now i have to i can't I, i'm literally not traveling anywhere um, and so this person would um, to kind of shift up their day, right? Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna sit at my dining room table today because maybe I've got some things I want to spread out, or I want that view out that window to break up the, you know, the sameness. And then tomorrow I'm gonna sit on my uh, on my couch with my laptop right. on my on my legs, you know, whatever. And their manager mentioned this in a performance just. You know, kind of a uh, not a performance discussion, but like their weekly check-in type of thing. That mm-hmm. um, you know, this was unprofessional, um, and that they needed to pick one place in their home, and that was where they needed to sit and work from. Even though members of the team um, tended to be all over the place, this is and interestingly enough, this was the only female on the team. Everyone mm-hmm. else was a male. And um, on nice days, the male members of the team uh, feel free to sit outside on their patios and smoke cigars while they're on their team calls. These are not customer-facing mm-hmm. calls. This is all internal. Um, but but she was told it was unprofessional of her to not sit in the same spot every day and and to move around to different parts of, of her house. Which of course is ridiculous and yeah. micromanaging. <laughs> which is very, yep. I guess work at home comes wrapped up with a with a micromanaging Sam ham sandwich kind of thing or something. I don't know. I you know I I know I, I mean you've worked at home for a long time. I've worked at home on and off for years. Yeah. Um, I tend to actually work more at home than I do in the office because I. I work if I'm home all day, you know, I'll just keep right on working into the evening doing things like social media monitoring and those sorts of things. Where if yeah. I leave the office, you know, at least I break the, I break the, the, I break the up day the end, if you will, or <laughs> yeah, the day end. I don't feel like that, you know. I mean, I'm, and it's the same thing. Like a lot of people, you know, you're mentioning that these people are being micromanaged. There are a lot of people who have been forced to work remotely, not forced. There was no alternative, really. But they don't really want right. to work that way. They'd rather be right. in an office. They don't want to be home with their kids and their husband and their dog and mother-in-law or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so there's like there's this is you know this has changed things, but it, there's still going to be a lot of wrinkles and you know ripples in the water that'll I think that'll flow out from that. But I, I do think we probably have seen a change in the in the 
you know, office versus home, but it's, mm-hmm. we haven't figured out all the policies and stuff yet, you know, and no. it's going to be, it's going to be a while. And then the, then the legal profession and the, the laws will have to catch up. So it's a whole nother HR, you know, opportunity to develop lots of good policies because yeah. we love policies. Yeah. I don't, I hate them. But anyway, um, the, so let's switch away from HR kind of, let's go to the, uh, the debacle between uh, <laughs> President Trump and Joe Biden, candidate Joe Biden. Um, I have to admit the first 10 minutes it was kind of fun as they were beating each other. I wish they had just like put gloves on and gone in the middle and duped it out. But um, it was it was like the most appalling thing I've ever seen. And then, you know, and then you get the fallout on social media. He won. She won. You know, he did. Yeah. Yep. I don't know what your take was, but it was it was hard to watch, and it left me nauseous when I was done with it. Um, and I, I don't know what to do. You know, it, it didn't change anything about my opinions on who I would vote for, but I just don't right. know how to unpack some of the stuff that happened. <laughs> right. I think it's um, – I – yes. A, I don't think it did anything to um, make anybody change – potentially make anybody change their minds or speak to the undecided voters and, you know, in mass type of thing. Um, folks that I've talked to that were for, you know, one candidate over the other have stuck in the camp even more firmly of their candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I personally chose not to watch it live because I, I okay. just, um, I knew that I would get, um, and I would have, um, I knew that I would probably get upset, so I did not watch purposely. I waited until, uh, you know, about 10 o'clock my time, and everything was over. And then I went online, watched some clips, you know, started mm-hmm. to read some of the recap things, you know, that flowed in pretty much almost immediately. And that was enough for me. Um, I saw the snippets. I saw the clips. Um, I saw all that I wanted wanted to see. Um I think, you know, what, and this is what's going to be the hardest part getting us through the rest of rest of this year and, you know, into well into next year, well into January 20th, mm-hmm. certainly, um, is just the divide. Um, it's just, it's, it's just so strong. I mean, we, we talked about this a lot in 2016, um, you know, and how do you deal, you know, again, kind of take it back to the workplace, but how do you deal with, your employees who mm-hmm. um, then that was a hot uh, issue. I remember having two employees got onto it um, on the floor um, in front of customers um, because one was one was on the Trump side and one was on the Clinton side. I think this year it is just it is just more in your face. It is just out there. It is people are passionate whichever side they're on and people are not we're well past the time of people listening to each other or or just like the you know happened at the debate we're well past the time of people shutting up and you know letting somebody else talk mm-hmm. yeah i mean i guess you know and it's been talked about ad nauseum anyway i guess the most single most shocking thing to me was my name chris Wallace asked Trump if he would, you know, disavow white supremacy, or and he yeah. he wound up tell me who, tell me who, and, and yeah. Biden says the Proud Boys, and Trump that stand up 
or stand down, stand by. Yeah. It, I mean, my my jaw fell through my sister's floor and yeah. into her basement. I think it was just, and 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 it, you know, to me, it's it, personally, it seems almost sinister, you know. And then other people are like, ah, he didn't, you know. And now he's saying, I don't know who. Yep. I just know there's some, yep. you know, that, it, it's a typical Trump move, and it, but it it. I mean, it it empowers. It, anyway, I I don't want to go into politics too much, but it, it was that was shocking, and and there's there's no accountability for it, and that scares right. the shit out of us, to be honest. Right. And so I I will be voting. I spent this past week with my at my sister's house with my dad, got my dad registered to vote in Ohio, and told my sister how to get a ballot. So I, I've got three votes for Biden. So I've done. <laughs> I did some phone, <laughs> some. Uh, I did some, uh, you know, politicking to try to help turn out to vote. It's only two people, but better than nobody, I guess. So, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's just weird. And and, and, and it, then we just kind of roll on. Oh, it's another day. Yeah. You know, maybe next yeah. time they'll give him a mic that shuts off, and then he'll, he won't show up, or he'll ask Biden yeah. to take a drug test, or who knows what, you know. Neither yeah. one of them were particularly compelling, other than calling each other names. But I don't see how they could have done much better than that. Trump didn't try, yeah. and Biden never really had a chance. I did see one thing. I think Joan Ginsburg posted it. I don't know if it's true or not, but she said that mm-hmm. uh, Trump, uh, and, and she mentioned this because her husband also has a similar affliction, or, or they're stutter, and that right. know, Biden has learned to control his stutter, et cetera, through hard work and you know paying attention, and that part that she believed that part of Trump's attacking method was to throw him off and make him look bad, which mm. completely makes, you know, completely makes sense to me of, you know, mm-hmm. how you want to rattle your opponent, right, even if it's ugly looking. Um, and he did, I don't think he, I don't think he really accomplished that because, I, I, you know, Biden's, you know, kind of clutch, double clutched a couple of times, but he mostly did get his points out, I thought, even if they weren't, yeah. you know, brilliant, perhaps. But anyway, so we're down to like yeah. four minutes. Three minutes, four minutes. Yeah. So that's and you other, know, and you know what I thought, uh, you know, kind of a, a wrap up, <laughs> a wrap up question for the day in our last couple of minutes would be, um, this is a throwback to the early days of Drive Through HR, um, where it used to be asked at the beginning of the show, "What's keeping you up at night?" <laughs> right. <laughs> I already just answered that. So, yeah. <laughs> you kind of answered answer that, that, but. Question. Yeah. You know the what what's keeping you up at night um you know I would say for me it is um, it is less work related than it than you know yeah. back in the day it would be like oh i'm gonna you know I'm worrying about whatever the sustainability of my business or my h r shop or whatever twenty twenty has taken at the end of the day you know if if thank god you know i'm uh, our company as well I've got a job you know that that's not really switch but what's keeping me up at night is the kind of exactly what you talked about it's uh where are we going as as a mm-hmm. as a country as human beings um what is this going to look like it's frightening um mm-hmm. because I, I i envision the worst sometimes um yeah, <laughs> in terms of militia roaming the streets and things so it that that's yeah. what keep that's what's keeping me up at night you, you know, um, I mean, I have a lot of things, right? And, and I, you know, I don't want to turn it into a wine show, but I mean, my mother died. I've been dealing with my dad and elder care. We did a show on that. I moved, changed jobs, mm-hmm. got the election, COVID, you know, uh, uh, my ex-wife has some help. I mean, there's like, I feel, you know, like I'm not the poster child for people that are having bad luck, 
but I think how awful it must be for other people who are going through maybe as much or more of what I'm doing, you know, in, and they don't still have the resources or the flexibility to get it done. So I really am thankful that, you know, I, at least I have that the rest of the year's been kind of a shit show, but it'll, it'll sort itself out, you know? So that kind of keeps me going as opposed to what keeps me up at night. Mm -hmm. What keeps me up at night is what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, what, which shoe's going to drop tomorrow. Right. So, Um, and, and that's not just professionally, that's both, that's professionally and personally. And I've just decided to take it one day at a time, literally, because that's all I can do. And there's a lot of things I can't control, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, boy, we ended on somewhat of a depressing note for a drive through I'm sorry. Show, Let's talk but, about um, football for a minute. Nah. Uh, oh, yeah, no, yep, on, we, uh, got Bucks and, we got Bucks and Saints, you know? I mean, that's so right. your, your team's. And two old quarterbacks, right? So you think the Saints are going to win the Eastern Conference, or you think the the Bucks um, for the first time are worth talking about in a long, long time? After we after week three, and we've got about thirty seconds, Mike. After week three, yep. I am um, I'm not as confident in the Saints um, as I have been at the beginning of the season. However, last time we were uh, two losses down, we came back and won eight in, eight in a row. So I'll say that. Let's hope, let's hope. Yeah. So anyway, cool, Robin. Thanks. Congratulations on your contribution for the 1500 shows. Thanks to all our partners and predecessors. I guess we're going to drop out here in a second. Yep. So peace out. And we have an episode tomorrow. We're back on the grind with some guests. Bye, everybody. Bye.